This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Welcome to Anchored in Christ. I'm Deborah Owen and I'm here at Old South Presbyterian Church with Pastor Sarah Singleton. We're introducing the next sermon series with this short interview. Now, Sarah, this next series is called Thy Kingdom Come, and it's based on passages from the Gospel of Luke. Now, the, the last two series that, that you focused on were based on particular books. There was uh, um, Soul Keeping by um, John Ortberg, and there was Christian Kandaya's book. Um, and now we're looking at, which is God is Stranger, and now you're looking at the Gospel of Luke. So what's the premise behind the name Thy Kingdom Come? Well... Not to disappoint anyone, I am going to be preaching on Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 15, (laughs) as the gateway to the Gospel of Luke, because that is Jesus' first sermon. Two sentences, one sermon, Mm -hmm. his first, and it sets the tone for everything. Okay. The reason thy kingdom come is really because of the influence um, of uh, Dallas Willard in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, Mm -hmm. Rediscovering Our Hidden Life in God. And I read this 20 years ago. I read this 10 years ago. I am rereading it now. I anticipate putting this on the book uh, shelf with classics. I've just read it for the first time. It's powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Because what happens is that there's a clarification of the gospel. I don't know about you, but I grew up with the gospel being the story of Jesus' atonement on the cross. And our guilt and sin separated us from the life of God. Jesus on the cross died in our place. He brought us back to God. Our guilt is um, dealt with. We don't no longer have to go around guilty. It's, mm-hmm. The price is paid. And that we have an assurance of living with God forever upon our death, being uh, entered into the gates of heaven. That's the gospel Mm-hmm. I heard and I grew up with, mm-hmm. and I believe, mm-hmm. but it's one third. Okay. What are the other two thirds? The other third <laughs> is the other gospel that I would say really began in earnest um, sometime in the 1920s. There was a uh, conversation about what is the gospel, and um, a theologian named Rauschenbusch said it's a it's a implication. It's a a social gospel because God in Christ came to set things right, get the values that systemically are broken in business, in um, uh, social welfare, in issues related to justice, Mm -hmm. uh, racial uh, equality, um, gender equality. Um, So what the gospel at that time began to be challenged of it's not just about atonement and entrance into heaven it's about living and doing 
um, life in such a way that we are social activists. Mm -hmm. And the gospel is the compelling um, influence of Jesus, his model of his values, and using this to right wrongs in Mm -hmm. society. So that's two-thirds? That's two-thirds. And the last third? Well, it's the whole thing. (laughs) The whole thing Mm -hmm. is that God has come in... I'm going to read Jesus' pithy sermon. Absolutely. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So all of the goodness and the justice and the good laws of Israel and the being a light to the nations and all the promises that a Messiah would come are fulfilled in Jesus who effected that through his life, through his death and atoning sacrifice on the cross in his resurrection, and in the giving of the Holy Spirit, which allows, just, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking too complexly. I'm gonna see if I can bring it down. There is a nearness of God right now that allows us to live without guilt in full assurance of being with the Lord forever that allows us to have a compassion and a passion to live in social engagement for the welfare of people for the sake of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is in the full presence of the Lord now. So both the ticket into heaven Mm -hmm. and the social agenda Mm -hmm. don't require the living presence of an interactive life with God. What Jesus says is the kingdom of God is near. It's me. It's right here. It's right here. I am giving you how it is to live in the reign, the the, the structure of of God. I'm living it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you come into the life that I'm living with me. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look like the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to um, be challenged by the kingdom of this world, mm-hmm. but it's a life of peace. It's a life with um, with love. It's a life with purpose. It's a life with me now. So it's that with God life right. that is going to have has eternal in, uh, uh, confidence and has a social presence and engagement. But it's with the, the joy of the Lord now. So they're, they're, those two aspects are, are glued together. In a in person. A, in a person. In an interactive right. life with Jesus Christ. And that's the focus of what we should be looking at. It's the, it's the open door. He's the door mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that opens us to uh, all things. He, he, he gives us all things. And so he gives us his eternal life, mm-hmm. uh, which is ongoing, but it's... It begins now, and he gives us the values of the kingdom, which will look like Got it. social engagement. It will it will have an impact for the welfare of mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. God 
doesn't want people starving, doesn't want children neglected, doesn't want women battered, right. doesn't want uh, poor who have no access to education or medical care, mm -hmm. doesn't want the earth destroyed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's our response. Our response. To that personal relationship. And it comes with an empowerment, not just, okay, I've got my, my list of to-dos. Mm -hmm. It's, what are we doing today, Lord? Mm -hmm. I, I have my part, I'm not a savior, but you are. And we have the church as your chosen vessel that together we become a rejoicing community uh, on mission. Mm, that's beautiful. All right, let's go into this sermon series. Hey, we begin a new sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come. I can tell you from the outset that today we will not uncover all the secrets of the kingdom. I expect it's going to raise more questions than give answers. But it's intended to be over the weeks that we find ourselves actually in the presence of the availability of an interactive life with God, and it changes everything. So our first reading, our second reading, comes from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. It's found on page 30 of your pew Bible. And I would like to ask if you would please join me in verse 9 and following. Mark 1, 9. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. And... The angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come from this sacred page to be a living person to us. And we ask that we may hear each of us tailored exactly what it is that you want us to receive. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Jesus appears. He begins to announce good news. The good news, the kingdom of God is near. Now, the kingdom of God, what is that? And what does it change? Well, let's just begin by saying God's will is done. I have a kingdom. My kingdom 
is over the laundry that I put into the washing machine, where I get to set the dial, whether it's hot or cold, whether it's white or colored, whether it is a pre-stain treatment or whether it's a fast wash, where what I want done is done. Now, all of us have a similar kingdom. Hunter Singleton, our grandson, his kingdom is over the remote control. So he's learned that he can be in the middle of the kitchen and have full control over all of the channels, even while we're watching something. What is your kingdom? Where you exercise your will, where what you want done is done. Kingdom. Where you exercise your will, where what you want done is done. Maybe it's a workshop. Maybe it's your car interior. Maybe it's something in your office, your room. God has a kingdom. And the kingdom of God is where the range of God's will is effective. Now, Jesus comes with startling news. This is what he says. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, we're going to miss a lot if we don't understand that word, good news. Good news is also translated gospel. They're interchangeable. And in the Greek, that in Greek, it comes into English as eugenics, good genes, euthanasia, good death. What about angelion? It comes into English too as angels. Angels means messengers, messengers of God. So we've got good message, good news, gospel is good news. Now, that's where we have found evangelicals fit into good news. Evangelicals are good messengers. So we're like messengers. So what is it the message that we're sharing? What is the message that we're living? That's what we're exploring today. Jesus says, the gospel is that the kingdom of God has come near. What I'd like in our short in Mark to do is to look at two presentations of the gospel that we are all familiar with. I would like to compare those two with what we hear through all the gospels in the New Testament that Jesus preaches, and he sends his disciples to preach the gospel that Jesus preaches. And then finally, I would like to look at the kingdom of God and how life is no longer usual once we have entered that kingdom. Let's begin. Two presentations of the gospel that we're familiar with. We could even make them into bumper stickers. The slogan of the first is, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Now, have you ever seen that bumper sticker? Have you ever seen that in any gift shop? Christians aren't, aren't perfect, just forgiven. Well, that's true. Christians, sorry, are not forgiven. Well, that's true. Christians, sorry, are not perfect. 
But in the gospel, is the gospel just about forgiveness? In this bumper sticker, the presentation of the gospel is that we have a problem. The problem is personal guilt. We have fallen short. We have sinned. And the guilt must be paid for. Sin must be paid for. Because sin separates us from the holy God. Jesus paid the debt on the cross. By placing our faith in Jesus, we receive complete forgiveness and assurance of eternal life. Now, think about going to the Red Sox game. Think about going to a concert or going to an amusement park. You have a ticket, and when you go and present it to the agent, it's scanned, beep, and you get in. In the presentation of the gospel of forgiveness, belief gives us a barcode. And upon presentation at heaven, beep, we are admitted. We have believed, we are forgiven, it allows us to enter. Now, this is like the gospel as a ticket. Christians are not perfect, just forgiven. Is this what Jesus preached? as the good news. Listen again to Mark 1, 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Jesus is declaring that the, God's kingdom has come near. His reign and his will are available, are available to operate in us now, there's something new, a new resource for life. Now, this is really good news. I would like to illustrate by an experience in Lusaka, Zambia. Jim was teaching, and I was along uh, doing my own work. And we were invited to go to an area that was the most poverty-ridden of a very poor nation. There, there were hardly any houses, and what were considered streets were just mud roads. And I, I can just tell you the color was brown of mud on everything and dirt everywhere. Now, all the people had to travel a great distance to draw water, which was, what if? What if the government laid water mains right down those streets? What if water became available to everyone fresh? Now that is good news. To experience the benefits, however, each person would need to connect with their own, their own hose to that water main. That's what belief in Jesus does, connects us to forgiveness, connects us to assurance of our eternal salvation. The good news 
is there's water available. The good news is there's a main of water that's fresh. It's right there. Let's turn now to another bumper sticker. Let's turn now to another bumper sticker. It is fictitious, but it is what we present as another form of the gospel. Christians aren't perfect, just committed to liberation through social action. The gospel is seen as liberating. And this gospel critiques the gospel that's just forgiveness. It critiques the gospel of just forgiveness as being indifferent to the real needs of people in the world. Okay, we have seen the musical uh, movie, The Sound of Music. If you have, please raise your hand. Do you remember the time when Maria von Maria, before she's a von Trapp, is teaching the children little song, Do, Re, Mi. So she is delighted when she believes that she has succeeded. They are now able to sing, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Ti, Do. Now, do you remember who says what? One of the young girls says, but it doesn't mean anything. That's a lot of the criticism of the gospel of just forgiven. It's like, but they don't do anything. So the gospel of liberation looks at Jesus' actions in the gospels. In the gospels, we see Jesus' love at work. Even on the cross, the love of God comes out on top. In his comes out on top. In his resurrection, we find that even death cannot stop the power of God's love to transform human lives and spread something new in the world. So in this presentation of the gospel, a Christian is anyone who lives with Jesus' kind of love. This view of the gospel causes Christians to stand against structural evil in society. Any practice that oppresses people, policies that hurt people. The gospel then could be looking like a picket of protest, not a ticket to heaven. Christians aren't perfect, just committed to liberation. Is this the gospel that Jesus proclaimed? Jesus proclaimed. Listen again. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Let's return to the illustration of the water main. If forgiveness and assurance of salvation is like connecting to this water source, then caring for those in need and resisting systems that oppress is like sharing the gift of water with others. Everyone should benefit from the water that's available in the nearness of God's kingdom. Liberation is not the gospel. 
It comes as a result of the gospel. Now we're going to look at the gospel that Jesus proclaimed. Mark 1.15. Filled. In the original, you will find two words that translate time. One is chronos. We get chronology. It means a sequence of events. We measure it. Seconds, days, years. The other word is kairos, and it means the time that we've been waiting for. It's the right time. Now, a woman who is nine months pregnant and feels that first contraction has entered what? Kairos. Kairos time. It's fulfilled. This is what we've been waiting for. Let's go, honey. Jesus declares the kairos time that all heaven, all earth, from the beginning of creation have been waiting for. It's now fulfilled. The promises, the prophecies, it's now fulfilled. The promises, the prophecies, everything's coming true at this moment, here, now. Not in the distant future, upon our death or at the end of time. It's now available. Let's look for a moment at Jewish thought in the first century. And that is that the kingdom is beyond us. It's above us. It's where God sits and God rules over all things. The creator of the world and the heavens. The word heavens, I just want to say to you, is what we call heaven but it's always in plural in the original. Why? Because everyone who wrote the New Testament was thinking of the way that it was your shoulders all the way to the sky, beyond the sky, the stars beyond the stars. So it's always in plural, God of the heavens. So what we hear is Jesus of Nazareth is the kingdom of God becoming personal right in front of us. Remember remember when we heard in Mark's gospel that when Jesus was baptized, the heavens were torn open? They were, yeah. And the spirit of God descended upon Jesus. You've got the father speaking, the spirit descending on Jesus incarnate in the flesh. What we have is God with us. The kingdom is no longer distant and inaccessible, but radically present. The gospel is the kingdom is no longer distant and inaccessible, but radically present. The gospel is not a ticket. The gospel is not a picket. The gospel is a person. Jesus is the good news. In his book titled... The Gospel According to Jesus, Pastor Chris Shea tells about preaching, about the coming of the kingdom of God. And after worship, a young man came up to him and said, Pastor, I've got something to tell you. The kingdom of God is not coming, it's already here. And then he began to tell his story. Every Sunday in that very neighborhood, instead of being in worship, he was at a bar 
The bar's name was Emos. And he said that each Sunday he would start with a drop of ecstasy, wash it down with Bacardi 151, which was outlawed last year. He would do this Sunday after Sunday. Now, the man continued, instead of the bar, I am here in worship. I start with the bread of Christ on my tongue, and I wash it down with a cup of salvation through his blood. This man was sharing that he was experiencing the kingdom of God, and he was living in the awareness of God's presence available to him here and now. Have you, have you experienced the same? Let's, let's move now to how the kingdom of God changes everything. There's no more life as usual. Something unparalleled is presented to us. Response. Jesus tells us how. Repent and believe the good news. Now, repent, we sometimes think of as, oh, I'm so sorry. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a decision that leads toward different behavior. You know that someone has committed a decision into action when they join Weight Watchers, and then months later you see uh, evidence I don't know if you know, and Jim is free to share this, he'll share it with anybody, that he was a Weight Watchers person, but he decided he instead would be Weight Glancers. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> so the word repent. Make a decision. Follow in a different way. We must decide. Make a decision. Follow in a different way. We must decide. Will we connect to this water main? Will we share the water with others? Now, coupled with the command to repent is the command to believe. Now, what do we, what do we mean by this? Well, a Dr. Vernon McGee, of, formerly of Denver Seminary, he used an illustration many times. I'm going to use it. And that is a business person who is in New York City, needs to be in Chicago by midnight, and finds the flight schedule, and there's a plane leaving LaGuardia at 10, arriving by midnight in Chicago. Purchases the ticket, goes to the counter, checks bags, and goes and gets to the gate. Sees that it is agrees that it's all true, the plane will get to Chicago at 12. But to believe means to get on the plane. Many, many people know and believe that the plane is going to Chicago, but just stay there at the gate, never getting on or getting anywhere. We are to repent and we are to believe. Get on the plane. Get in the kingdom. And now I will close with one example. We will be looking at these week after week of how deciding and entering the kingdom of God can 
radically change your life. New York Times best-selling author Preston Sprinkle shares in his book, Go, his friend Barry. Barry is a Christian. He owns a factory. Barry lives in this interactive life with God. And he seeks to operate his whole life as though the kingdom were among the, the workers, as though he himself was accountable to the king in his work. So you will find in his factory things are different. Instead of maximizing profits, Barry believes that people come before profits. So instead of paying the minimum wage of the land, he pays them $3 more per hour. He does so because he believes they are made in the image of God. He gives all of his employees off the third Friday of each month so they can spend with their family or they can invest in their community, in their community. He structures the factory's pay scale based on needs as he knows them, not on hierarchy. He is the CEO. He has two kids. But the janitor has six children. And the janitor has one of those with special needs, the other with a serious medical condition that requires a lot of money. So Barry pays the janitor more than he pays himself because the janitor's needs are greater than his own. Knowing that immigrants and refugees have a hard time finding jobs and that Jesus commanded his disciples to make disciples of all nations, Barry sees his role as CEO a perfect opportunity to introduce others to the good news. He does this by making a way for legal immigrants to get work. He does this by offering English training. He does this as a biblical witness through his vocation. Does that appeal to you? Does it appeal to you to be radically distinctive in the way and the gentleness and the goodness of the life-giving water of Jesus Christ? He makes it possible. It comes by belief, faith in him and salvation. It will show in our actions. But it's all about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God that has come near. May we repent and believe the good news. Let us pray. Thank you. And help us if we are having a hard time. And thank you if you've given us that faith. We now look forward to how it will be expressed from here on out. In your name. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.